It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. It's a weekend edition, a Saturday episode. I don't, know, don't do too many of these, but I felt as though I just really wanted to. There's so many technical difficulties this week, so let's end it on a fun note. Today I've got some fun things I want to talk about. I want to talk about the Reds in the community, look at the 26th man, and let's talk a little bit about Lucas Sims. Our man, Lucas. But before we get into all of that, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the many podcasting platforms out there. We've got iTunes, we've got Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, the Himalaya podcasting app. If you're listening, that means you're listening on a podcast provider, and I'm sure they've got a subscribe button. Hit that button for me. That way you get each and every episode each and every day. Also, follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Carr. With three Fs, you'll also get some quirky takes here every so often. You know, I just like to tweet about whatever. Also, save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. So I mentioned, I want to talk about something fun. Reds in the community. Hunter Green, this last week, I think it was last weekend actually, hosted a free baseball camp for kids in Cincinnati. It was kids ages 7 to 14. He began the camp at the Underground Railroad Museum, which the article says they had an immersive tour and uh, kind of a question and answer session, different things like that. I can only imagine that they they had a, a very good time. I mean, it, it looked fun. If I was a kid, I'd have been all over that. In fact, you know, in some cases, nah, I got a beard. I don't think I could have convinced them I was 14. But yeah, you know, I mean, that's the kind of thing that as a kid I'd have been all over. And it was really cool that he 
did the educational portion, and then it said that they were split up into groups afterward for the baseball skills part. And they went around to different stations, kind of like you did whenever you were a kid, if you played baseball as a kid. And some of them won some really nice gloves, including the kid that came the longest. There was a kid that came from Atlanta. It was pretty cool. And apparently this is something that he did in his hometown of Los Angeles the last couple of years, and he brought it to Cincinnati this year. And, and that kind of sparked some curiosity on my part. So I looked up some different things and I, I, I know you're always hearing about it on the broadcast and uh, different articles here and there, whether it be in the Enquirer or in the Athletic from C. Trent or from Bobby Nightingale. And talking about the Reds community outreach when it comes to RBI baseball and different things of that nature. They have a great youth academy if you um, Google Cincinnati Reds RBI Baseball, it'll take you. And if you want to skip the Googling aspect of it, the URL is www.mlb.com backslash mlb-youth-academy backslash Cincinnati. And, uh, which is why I figured it'd be easier just to tell you to Google it because the URL is a little weird. But on the page, it shows you all of the different initiatives and, and different ways that a kid can register to be a part of these awesome things that the Reds do, whether it be fun at bat or Cincinnati Reds Youth Academy fall and winter programming right now as we near spring training. It's almost February, folks. But, you know, they've, they've got these great things, and, and they uh, revamp area baseball fields and diamonds and things of that nature. I know, uh, for instance, there's one in Reading just off Columbia, uh, right over there by Koenig Park, where a couple of years ago the Reds' uh, RBI uh, program revamped that ball diamond, and it's a nice-looking ball diamond there. I, I, a lot better than the ball diamond I played on when I was in high school. So I think that the Reds do a great job of reaching out to the community. That's one of the things that they've always been lauded for, and especially even in comparison to the other pro franchise here in Cincinnati. I think that the Bengals have a great community outreach as well, but I think the Reds have just far and away outdone them. And something that I don't know that the Bengals could ever catch up to. That's one of the reasons it's so easy to be a fan of the Reds. And I know we, we, we always talk about you know the, the product on the field and the wins and the losses and the playoffs and trying to get back to the World Series. They haven't done it since 1990, all this other stuff. The Reds also understand what's important off the field in that when the season isn't going on and when there's not a game on the field, they're still a very, very important member of the Cincinnati community, interwoven into the fabric of Cincinnati. And they understand how to reach and how to outreach and give back to the kids. And I love that about our franchise. I love that about our Reds. Here in a moment, I want to break down, speaking of on the field, want to uh, talk about the 26th man, how that's going to affect this year and moving forward. Also want to look at Lucas Sims. I know there were some reports about him uh, just here in these past couple of days. Before we do, though, uh, like I mentioned, it's about February. It's about that time. It's about spring training. We're almost there. And if you have not already got your plans together, I know a great way to do that. Go to visitarizona.com slash spring training to book your trip out to Arizona. You can start with Goodyear. 
I mean, there's there's all the Cactus League teams within like a 50-mile radius of Phoenix. And, and not to mention, Phoenix itself is a pretty nice city. You've got all kind of natural, like, uh, not natural, national parks to go visit. Things of that nature. Exploration to do. Great restaurants and uh, local breweries. You've got golf. I mean, Arizona's got a ton of nice golf courses. And you can get to there by going to visit Arizona.com slash spring training. It is the home base for baseball fans. Book your trip today at visit Arizona.com slash spring training. Also, if you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that the Locked On Reds podcast is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Reds fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Reds fans in a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. New game day shirt? Boom, cash back. Food for the tailgate? Boom, cash back. Even buying around can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Moving on to talking about the 26th man, you know, shout out to Dave in Arizona. This was an idea that he had a couple of weeks ago. He he sent it into the Lockdown Reds line, 513-549-0159. And and he was just saying, you know, what what kind of effect is the 26th man going to have on rosters, on strategy, different things like that. And that's something that is going to be very interesting because I, I, and I even like the fact that they made it a position player. Or, you know, maybe a a two-way guy, which is one of the reasons that the Reds took a flyer with a non-roster, you know, a minor league deal with a invite to spring training for Matt Davidson. Because Matt Davidson has some experience on the mound. He's also got a little bit of pop with the bat. Going to provide some upside if he, in fact, pans out. Not uh, He's not a high average guy or anything like that, uh, but he's a guy that they picked up a couple of weeks ago on one of those minor league deals. So he's going to be interesting to watch here in spring training. But as that 26th man gets added to the roster in 2020, it really underscores the value of having a deep bench, something that the Reds have. And and I know that there's been a lot of talk, and I think it's mostly fans who are just hungry for news and hungry for new additions about the Reds being involved with free agent Brock Holt. 
And I can understand it. I mean, Brock Holt has had some impressive moments with the Red Sox. He's done some impressive things. But his entire body of work, if you look at it and you compare it with anyone on the Reds organization, he compares very similarly to a guy we already have, a guy we're paying a lot less, and a guy that I like in Josh Van Meter. I want to see Josh Van Meter continue in the role that he was given last year. I mean, he got a lot of playing time due to injuries and just the fact that the Reds didn't have a second baseman of note. And so they played him in second base. They played others at second base. And he got some outfield playing time. But he showed that he has a competent bat and that he can play anywhere in the field, really. And then also you've got Kyle Farmer. Kyle Farmer is a special kind of utility player because when you think of utility players you think of a guy who can play almost all three outfield spots definitely the corners he can play the corner infield spots maybe a little second base you don't usually get utility players who have a good you know a pretty good glove at shortstop and also a pretty good glove as a catcher I mean Kyle Farmer for all intents and purposes is the third catcher on this team. Most teams don't carry three catchers. And it's not as if Kyle Farmer is specifically a catcher, but this opens up a great possibility for his career moving forward. He doesn't have to have a set position. He can be the super utility guy on a 26-man team because now you can fill out that third spot. Because when you look at it, the 13 position players that you're going to carry outside of your starters, your everyday guys, you, you're going to have a catcher. That's that's a given. You you can't go, <laughs> you can't uh, play 162 games with one catcher. It's it's been proven time and time again. Guys break down, guys get hurt. Whether or not they're really good with the bat, you you try and get them playing time at first base or something. They can't not sit behind the dish for 162 games. So you got to have that backup catcher. So that leaves you four bona fide bench spots that you can use with. And right now the Reds don't have a true backup shortstop. So that's where Kyle Farmer would come in, maybe Josh Van Meter. I, I, I think one of the reasons you haven't seen them you know, sign Brock Holt right now or go out and get one of the free agents who are on the free agent list Um, you know, like Jose Iglesias. I know that there were some folks that were mad that Jose Iglesias went to the Orioles for a one-year $3 million deal, but there's a reason that the Reds felt that they can move on from him. They like Freddie Galvis. They like what they've got. And they want to use those four bench spots for guys who are super versatile. Like, I think the, the only guy who's going to be not super versatile is that fourth outfielder between Winker or Irvin. And as it stands right now, that's going to be the only guy that you just can't move around the diamond. You know, Kyle Farmer can play anywhere. Josh Van Meter can play anywhere. And there may be a spot for, like, Alex Blandino or something. You know, he can be, like, their designated bench middle infielder. And then Matt Davidson. And also, you know, it also underscores the ultra value that is Michael Lorenzen. Not as if they're expecting him to be an everyday outfielder, but as David Bell has said in some interviews, they are going to not completely ignore his ability to play in the field like he did early on in 2019. He 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 acknowledged that he did not give as much consideration to Lorenzen's ability to play in the field as he should have 
and then he saw his ability later on in the season. And that's going to be a big thing because he's going to be listed as a pitcher, but he's going to be like a two-way player. And that's an awesome thing to have in this 26-man league now. I mean, it's it's going to be a lot of fun to see how rosters get filled out now because you're going to have probably, you know, a designated pinch hitter or something that gets his way onto the roster too. Speaking of guys out of the bullpen, I wanted to talk just for a moment here before we close out the week about Lucas Sims. There was a report from Bobby Nightingale that Lucas Sims has just been officially designated a reliever, which I think is good for him because last year he he started a couple of games and he relieved a lot of games. I, I think it was he started four and he made a relief appearance in 20 different games last season. And I think what's important for a pitcher nowadays is to know his role. Like, I, I know all of the pitchers, for the most part, except for Rysel Iglesias, but for the most part, any pitcher would say, I just want to be out there on the mound. And I know Michael Lorenzen has said that his ultimate goal is to be a starting pitcher again, but at the same token, he does really well with what he's given as a reliever. And when you look at Lucas Sims, I think that he is one of those guys that would fall into the category, whatever they need me to do, I'll do. But I think what's going to be very interesting for him this season is having that defined role. I think he can be a very good pitcher. He had 43 innings pitched last season, and statistically, when you look at the numbers, his uh, ERA was 4.60, his FIP was 4.45, which means that he was right where he should be. He had 57 strikeouts, which was awesome, but he also had 19 walks. And if you break those down into ratios, he's got 11.9 strikeout per nine innings, which is amazing, but he also has 4.0 walks per nine, which is terrible. He's going to cut down on that, and I think one of the key things is just relying on his two good pitches. He's got two really good pitches. According to Baseball Savant, and you know, our, our I love that website so much. I think I've said it before on this on our podcast, but Baseball Savant says that his four-seamer, his fastball spin, is in the great threshold. The velocity's just okay. He could uh, be a little bit better than that, but hey, the Reds did sign Kyle Bodie. He knows how to do that sort of thing. And his curve spin is in the phenomenal category. He throws those two pitches more than any other pitch. His fastball, he throws almost half of the time, and then the curveball is like a quarter of the time. So the other 25%, according to Baseball Savant, is made up of slider, changeup, and sinker. He almost never throws a sinker, and which is a hilarious, and I don't mean that to sound as if it's bad or something, but it's interesting to see how he has changed in just these two years of being in the major leagues. As a Brave in 2017, he threw his sinker 21% of the time. Now, it's not as if he was pitching a ton of games in 2017, but for the arsenal that he had back then, his sinker was his He almost threw that more than his fastball. He threw his fastball 25% of the time. He threw his sinker 21% of the time. But it's not that great. And so he cut it out of his arsenal almost altogether. He only threw it, according to Baseball Servant, he threw it four times last year. Just four times. And that's it. He threw his curveball most of the time. Which, based on their ranking when it comes to movement and all that different stuff, against an average pitcher, 
the way that his curveball moves is more horizontal than it is vertical. But according to Baseball Savant, he is in a very high percentile when it comes to his curveball's movement in the horizontal category. He's, he's right near the top 50. According to Baseball Savant, he's ranked 52nd in uh, horizontal movement with his curveball. So that, that's pretty awesome. And that's one of those things that Derek Johnson is really good and, and has done a lot with the Reds pitchers last season is getting their breaking stuff to be absolutely awesome. And when you break down his specific pitches, looking at his slider and his curveball and his fastball, this other stuff, in the couple of years that he's been in the league, his slider last year was markedly better than it has been in the years past. So he's developing his third pitch. His third pitch is a slider, which it's kind of different. It's it's faster than his curveball, but it kind of moves similarly. He throws it in about the same spot, which is, a, I think, a key reason why the Reds are designating him for the bullpen, because they see that he's got two really strong pitches, and his third pitch that's coming up is pretty similar to his secondary pitch. So I think that he will be fun to watch out of the bullpen. I think he's got a real shot. I, I I wouldn't say he's a lock to make the bullpen this year, but I'd say he is a favorite to land one of those spots that are up for grabs. You know, I, I think uh, we we talked about it yesterday. C. Trent said that really the only locks in the bullpen are Iglesias, Lorenzen, and Garrett. But I, I would almost argue that Stevenson and Reed are virtual locks. I don't think that they've written their names in stone or anything like that in the bullpen, but I think that they are virtual locks. And, and, and Sims really comes in close there, too. Well, that's going to do it, though for us here. I've rambled on enough. I, you go enjoy your Saturday. Thanks so much for listening to the Lockdown Reds podcast. Like I've mentioned before, subscribe and we'll talk to you on Monday. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.